but it is the most powerful name above every name for full victory this morning. Thank you, Jesus. you say that you resist the proud but give grace to the humble therefore humble ourselves under your mighty hand and so we do that as we pray for one another we humble ourselves we say God we need you we need you as we humble ourselves under your banner of love you said to resist the devil and he would flee so God we resist every fear every anxiety every place of Uh, sickness, Lord, every place of defeat, every place of hopelessness and anxiety. In the name of Jesus, we resist every work of darkness and we draw near to you for you are the victorious one. You are the powerful one. You are the one able. You are the one able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think. So we exalt you, Jesus, in this place. We exalt you, Jesus, in our hearts. We exalt you, Jesus, over our imperfection. And we pray your kingdom come, your rule and reign, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in the hearts and families and minds, in this space and in this place, in those living uh, and, and online right now, God, we're asking your cool kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus the most powerful name, the complete victorious one, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. I love that, that Jesus didn't die for partial forgiveness. You can be fully forgiven. He didn't die to give partial mercy, but full mercy. Well, of course, as we already said at the beginning of our service today, is Mother's Day. It's a day that we celebrate and honor our birth mothers. It's also an opportunity to uh, honor spiritual moms in our lives, other women that we've seen that have, have, have impacted our lives. So I wanna say this to everyone in the room, but specifically to the guys in this room. Hey, today is the day that you're gonna text your mom. Yeah, that's right. This is a command from the front. Text your mother. Uh, I love that little phrase where uh, Jesus said that even if you give a cup of cold water in his name, you are honored. Like he honors the very littlest things. And you know what I know about most moms? Most moms feel like failures. That's the saddest thing in the world, isn't it? But But what we can do today is in the midst of that feeling of inadequacy at the very least, by us encouraging them, by telling them, here's what is beautiful about you. Here's what you have done. Here's where I want to honor you today. What it does is the word encouragement means to put courage in. So we put courage into our moms to overcome that feeling of never enough because they have been more than enough for us. And we need to bless them and honor them today. So those literal moms, spiritual moms, other women in your life that you've seen have impacted you as a mother would her children, bless your mom today. And one of the unique ways that we want to do that is we want to have all the moms stand in the room. Moms, would you stand please in this room? Come on, let's give it up for our moms.
Stay standing, please. The moms in this room, you are the pillars of this church. Wow. Let alone in the family. We are so proud of you. And as I was praying this morning, I'm about to do something I've never done before on Mother's Day. And uh, I felt like I was to sing a little chorus over you. And when I start singing this little chorus, you're welcome to join in uh, with me. Not the moms, you just receive. But uh, the other kids in the room, uh, if you guys want to join me, I just want to sing a blessing over you because God is singing over you today. In the midst of the pain and the struggle and the ups and the downs, God sees you with delight and he sings over you something like this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing it with all our hearts. God singing over you. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy. God, we bless each one of these moms here today. We bless them with your mercy that is complete, with forgiveness and courage and grace and hope and help. Thank you, God, that you sing over them and delight over them with rejoicing this morning. And God, I pray they would hear that still small voice of love and affirmation. Thank you today that your perfect love casts out all fear and let that perfect love literally literally dance over them all day long. So we bless these moms together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Let's give it up again for our moms. Hey, as we continue to worship, we uh, give of our tithes and our offerings. That's where we open up our hands and our hearts. And one of the joys of Laura's in my life has been to be consistent givers, giving God room to move in our resources. And so I'm going to pray of our tithes and offerings. You can see a way to give uh, on the screen. We're going to pass the buckets along the way. But this is our way of just saying, Lord, it's all yours. So just agree with me. Spirit of the living God, as we give of our tithes and offerings, we just thank you, God, that you are the sufficient one. And Lord, I thank you that you're providing all of our needs all of our needs, physically, practically, mentally, emotionally, financially, today, all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen and amen.
Well, hey, you guys are about, as we're passing the buckets, uh, you're about to be blessed by a group of moms that are coming on stage here in just a moment. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I want us to give a little standing ovation for these moms as they come out to share nuggets of truth with us of what God has done in their life. Led by my wife, Laura. Laura and the gang, come on out. Come on, everybody. Let's stand up and thank God for these moms. All right. Well, we're going to get our, I am not going to, y'all can take a seat. (laughs) I'm not going to sing for you and you'll be very blessed that I'm not going to sing for you. I know I could try, but anyway, but I am going to use self-control because if you are a mom in here, you're probably using high self-control not to look at your text to see what somebody, because we all need encouragement all the time. Well, ladies, take a seat here. What I am going to do though, is I'm going to let you into a beautiful experience of um, this panel of gold of moms. Um, I think mother, I know, I know motherhood is one of the most influential roles on our planet because we are discipling the next generation. And um, that is why we have this amazing panel up here. We're going to have a Titus 2 moment. Titus 2 is a time in the Word where it talks about older women um, equipping, training, and encouraging the younger generation. And that's what we're going to do. We can't do everything this morning. There's so much about that scripture that embodies so much, but we are going to talk particularly about motherhood and give you a few gold nuggets on that. If you are interested in like, oh, I love this idea of the older speaking the younger, we have a ministry called Kingdom Mentoring. And if you look up on the screen in August, we'll have a sign up for that. So if you are like, I would love to have a season where somebody older mentors me, or I'd love to mentor a younger lady, make sure you look for that opportunity to sign up in August. We also have what we call this summer nest nights. We will have three of them. That's when we have moms come together, of mothers of all aged children, and we gather together for a time of worship and encouragement and just some type of equipping and an opportunity to get to know each other and pray for each other. So sign up for that too and show up if you'd like to in that. All right, well, ladies, I'm excited to be with you guys, you ladies this morning. Um, um, Just really, oh, I do want to say this. You probably want to get your phone out or you'd like to get a sheet of paper because you are going to get some gold here from these ladies. First of all, I want to say we are all empty nesters. Each one of us here have gone through that journey. Some of us, probably some of us uh, sooner than others up here. But I counted up the hours. I texted each one of them and I said, okay, tell me how long you've been a mom. What's the age of your oldest child? And we add them up all together. We come up with 142 years of parenting on this stage. Is that not amazing? 142 years. And I would say none of us are perfect, right? Anybody up here perfect? No, 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 no. There's nothing perfect about us up here at all. And in fact, there's so many other ladies, I mean, out there that we could just totally have up here. But what I do know about these ladies in particular is they have taken very seriously and soberly the mission of being a mom. 
knowing that they are imparting and equipping the next generation, their children and spiritual children, to be disciples of Jesus and to love him and follow him. And so I want you to hear a few things from them today. As I was praying about this time um, a while back, the Lord brought to mind Proverbs 14.1. In just a moment, we're going to read it together. And I was like, okay, I, li- I love it. And it was so, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you on this one. Where are we going to go with this? And this morning, I read a proverb a day. Did not even do the math that today was May 14th. Opened it up, and this is Proverbs 14.1. I was like, yes, this is what you want us to talk about. So let's read it together. And then Amplified, you'll see it on the screen there. It says, read with me. The wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts, and her household thrives. But the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. And yeah, you know, when I read this, there's, again, so many aspects of a woman and building her house. What I do see so clearly from the word is that we as women have been charged to be stewards of our home. And that has so many aspects to it. But this morning, particularly, we're going to talk about the role of being a mother in our home. And so, ladies, what I want to do is I'm going to start with you. Dorothy, why don't you tell us just a picture on the screen about your family and tell us about that. Okay, so you have the picture. Those, the one without the hat is my son-in-law, Rory. But then you have Alden, Anson, and Ariana. Those are my three children. And then that's my dad. Um, and I lost my sweet mom last year, and so she's not in this picture. But um, that's my kids, and then the next picture is my new grandson. Yay! River Jake. He's a doll. So, All right, Melissa. All right. Well, here's my crew, and I realized I left the head of the tribe out of the picture, but Danny and I have been married almost 37 years, and... These are our four kids, their spouses, and our grandkids. On the far left is Andrew and his wife, Emily, and little Luke. And then the next one is Owen, our oldest, and his wife, Alexa, Davis, and Macy. And then our daughter, Emily. So we have two Emilys. That's a little confusing. Um, Her husband, Tyler, and then their boys, Burke and Briggs. And baby sister is due in July. That's fun. And then on the right is Aaron and his wife, Kelsey, and little Murphy. And baby brother, Judson, is due at the end of the summer. Those two are going to be a month apart. Kind of crazy. Um, the ones on the end, Aaron and Andrew, are twins. So that was an interesting dynamic in my world. Um, so they are my tribe and my joy. I love it. All right, Tanya. All right. So I'm Tanya Carpenter. And uh, this is my people, the Carpenter clan. Um, and so Vincent, uh, we've been married for almost 30 years, be 30 years in June. And next to Vincent is my baby girl, Emma Grace. And then next to Emma is my daughter-in-law, Sahana. Um, I don't know why she's covering her face, but <laughs> I guess nobody noticed that when they were taking the picture. And um, she's married to my son, Michael. He's the oldest. And then next to Michael is Faith. And uh, then we have Michelle in the orange skirt. And then Alex is my daughter-in-law. Um, she's married to Tyree, but Tyree was in Kuwait serving our country when we uh, took this picture yeah, last summer. And then we have Jackson. He's holding the whammy sign. He's my grandba- the oldest grandbaby. 
um, is, is Tyree and Alex's son. And then uh, Vincent the third, he's the baby. And he's also Tyree and Alex's baby. So. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Laura. Great. And we'll wrap it up with the short and sweet family here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's uh, me and my daughter, Alyssa. She's 21. She just finished her junior year at Baylor. Way to go. And, um, yeah. Small but mighty. I say we're going from gory to glory. <laughs> oh, I love it. The glory looks beautiful. And real quickly, this is our family. I'll just throw it up there. I'm not going to talk about them, but there's my tribe. Minus our two granddaughters, but that's us, just so you see. You get the full picture of what's up here. Um, okay, so first question. Bible talks a lot about us having a posture of a learner, and we learn from others. We learn those that go before us. We learn side by side. We learn all kinds of ways. But Dorothy, I want you to just take it into, you shared with me the importance of um, a mentor in your life. And who was that mentor? And what did you take away? Well, I would say the person who probably had the most impact on my life was my natural mom. Um, And even though she didn't become a believer until later on in life, there were two characteristics that marked her that really made a difference in me. Um, One of them was hard work, and the other was sacrifice. So I remember growing up with my mom. She worked six days out of seven. And there was a point in uh, my parents' life when they were even doing a couple of night jobs just so that my brother and I could have everything we needed to be successful in life. And um, the other thing I remember is her making dinners. And whenever there wasn't enough food, she would always give us the biggest portion so that we had enough, and then she would eat the leftovers. So through her example, even though it wasn't necessarily balanced because she didn't become a believer till later, um, I learned about, you know, if you work hard, anything's possible. And that's what I would tell my kids, you work hard, you can do anything in God. And it's a godly characteristics. I have a couple of scriptures up there about hard work and diligence. And then the other thing about sacrifice, um, you know, I told my kids, sacrifice is something you do out of love. It's a joyful thing. It's not burdensome. It's not a have to, but you sacrifice to show Christ to someone. And isn't Jesus our ultimate example of sacrifice? It says in John, you know, the greater love has no one than this, and a man lays down his life for a friend. And that's what um, I try to show in my family. Well, there was a funny little instance that happened when my boys were little that was kind of eye-opening to me of, okay, I think they're really getting this. Um, When Anson was about six years old, I was looking through his closet for something, and I see in the dark hidden corner a huge wrap, a pile of candy wrappers, empty candy wrappers. And so, you know, we had always told our kids, uh, it's important for you to tell the truth because Jesus said, I am the truth. And when you tell the truth or bring things to the light, you're saying, I'm on God's team. And then if you lie or if you try to hide something, you're giving power to the enemy. And so we always would discipline more for lying than for the actual thing they did wrong. So I gave Anson a couple of chances to fess up, and he wouldn't. And finally, I took his little hand. We went to the closet, and I said, then what is this in this corner? And he immediately burst out in tears because he knew he got caught. 
So I sent him to his bed, and I said, okay, buddy, I want you to repent, first of all, to God for lying. I want you to think about what you did, and I'll be in in a minute. Um, And so I went to my room to collect myself and to pray, and in comes Alden. He knocks on my door. He's about to turn eight at the time. And he says, "Um, Mom, I can hear Anson crying. I know he did wrong. And I want to take his discipline for him. Wow. Wow. I was in shock. And I said, buddy, you know he's going to get a big one because he lied to mom. And he said, yes, mom, I know he will, but I want to take it anyways. So after thinking about it, I called my son in and I thought, what a what a great example for him of sacrifice. And I told him what his brother offered. And I said, you know, Anson, this is what Jesus did for us. He was innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, he chose to take our punishment on the cross. you understand that? I said, yes, ma'am. And then he quickly agreed to let his brother take his punishment. <laughs> but I think that... Example of sacrifice really stayed with him, you know, and even if he didn't really realize it at the time, Anson has always been a pretty good kid most of his life, but his freshman year in college at Baylor, he really met the Lord for himself and started owning his faith, and now he's on fire, and that's because I believe that that seed of sacrifice was planted that day. And then, of course, um, my daughter wrote me a beautiful birthday card this year. And in it, she said, Mom, I hope you realize the fruit of your sacrifice over 25 years have borne so much in my life. And uh, now I get to pass it on to my son. Anyways. That's beautiful. Isn't that a beautiful story? I love it. I love how you wove in just day in Deuteronomy 6. You just wove in um, Jesus and his ways and um, even the, the story of his extravagant grace and mercy towards us, even though they didn't quite get it at the moment, experienced extreme grace at that moment. But that was awesome, amazing. All right, Tanya, when we were chatting, you shared also about just um, a, a spiritual mentor in your life that really shaped you. Why don't you take us into that story? Sure. But I'm going to give a little context um, to what she said to me. Um, before I tell y'all what she said. Um, so I always dreamed of of being the perfect, you know, mom. I'm going to, uh, my kids are going to come home from school and have cookies waiting for them. And we're going to sit and eat cookies. And they're going to tell me about their school day. And then I'm going to c- cook a great meal for my husband. And we're going to sit down and have a conversation about business because I'm going to be a well-educated woman and it's just gonna be great you know and so I went to college and I got my degree in finance and so I'm educated you know (laughs) and uh then I had some babies (laughs) I was like I never thought about how they got to the point where they can go to school and come home and eat some cookies (laughs) I never ever in not one time (laughs) Did I think about that part? Um, so we get married, and six months after we get married, I find out I'm pregnant, and then we have that baby, and when that baby is six months old, I'm pregnant again. And, um, and then I'm working at the church and that we were going to, running the bookstore, and, 
and just having a terrible time of life. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not having good conversations with my husband because I'm too tired to do that. And I am not liking uh, motherhood very much because it was really, really hard. You know, I'm trying to get work done and this baby is getting into stuff or either crying or, you know, it's just hard, you know. And so I called our pastor's wife um, and she was the sweetest lady ever. Jeannie Shirouse is her name. And Man, I just loved her. She was just so sweet and kind and gentle. And if you had problems, Jeannie was the one that you would talk to. Because she was just, you know, she just make you feel good about who you were. And she just was great to talk to. So I'm like, I'm calling Jeannie because I need somebody to make me feel good about this hard life that uh, I have. And it's, it's not turning out the way that it, I had envisioned it to turn out. And... Um, so I tell her what's, what's going on, and, and then, you know, she lets me sob because I'm, like, crying, crying for real crying and, uh, like, snot and everything. And <laughs> she lets me cry a little bit, and then she kind of stopped me. She said, Tanya, you are raising somebody else's husband and affecting the next generation. And I'm like, oh. So I stopped sobbing, but the tears are still flowing, and... And I really think this was the voice of the Lord because Jeannie doesn't speak this way. As a matter of fact, she doesn't even remember saying the things that she said to me. She said, either do the job well or get a job and find someone who can. And man, everything stopped for me at that moment. And it was like she threw down the gauntlet for me, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I can do this. I'm very competitive um, <laughs> in the things that I do. And um, I'm like, I, I can do this, you know, and, and, it, and it, it changed my whole paradigm, the way that I think and the way that I thought about motherhood and, and about myself and about my children. I'm like, I am raising somebody's husband. Oh, my gosh. And I want my daughters-in-law to have good husbands. And, and I have to say, my boys are great husbands. And those girls that married them, they really got blessed. <laughs> Amen. Those I agree. Good men. Mine, too. <laughs> well, uh, I love it. Look, Tanya, I love your heart of surrender. And, I, you know, I hope you caught what she said. Basically, even through somebody else, the Lord spoke so clear to you. I think that's the important. It's, it's the intimate walk with the Holy Spirit that shapes us, you know. And so um, I had a similar experience myself being a whole whopping eight months into motherhood and really feeling shelved and just like, wait, this is hard. This is, this is taking everything out of me. And I kind of had one of those come to Jesus moments and it's like, Lord, what are you doing with me? This is not what I thought this was about, you know. And I just was thriving before this. And he so clearly said to me, he said, Laura, he goes, if you disciple the ones that I give you in the natural, as much as intentionally as you disciple other women, you will exponentially change the world. And that was a paradigm shift for me. It really shaped the priorities in my life and what that looked like. So in that, Tanya, share a little bit with us. So what if, what if in that situation would you share with working moms and just different situations that you're in? What would you share about that? You mentioned get somebody who can. Right. I would say be very, very, very intentional 
about who you surround yourself with, the community that you have to help fill in the gaps um, that um, will be there if you find yourself where you have to work or you want to work, or you know, because it's hard to be in a mom, you know, and, and um, sometimes, honestly, it's for some women, that's the thing for them is I, I you know, it's better for me <laughs> to go to work and then find a really, really good person. <laughs> who's really gonna speak in to um, your children's lives and, and um, just fill in the gaps where we are because God didn't intend for us as moms to be everything for everybody. But sometimes we forget that as, as moms and, and, and try to be that and we fall short. And, but just be intentional and surround yourself with, with the people um, that can help you do that which God has called you to do because mm-hmm. in this generation, we have social media influencers. <laughs> but ladies, I want to say, be generational influencers because that's what we need Amen. today. Yeah. I totally encourage you in that. Just say, get involved in a life group, a community that shares your values. And um, I, I found in our, in our circle, when we were growing, our kids, raising our kids too, is, you know, we all have blind spots. And so I submit to you the most best place is to be vulnerable with your godly community around you and say, speaking to my life, where you don't see things going right. I just... I just put that before you. Be kind, be gentle, but um, and before me. But speaking to my life is super important. And we have the church that wants to come around the, around you in raising your children, but also knowing that God has intentionally offered and given us the the responsibility and the joy to partner with Him in raising our kids. So it's really beautiful. All right, Melissa. Um, we all know that prayer is absolutely, we cannot do this on our own, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need the, the promises of God, and you are just amazing in your own mother journey of prayer. Share us apart. How that's affected you? How have you implemented that? What do you think? Well, I have to say um, my prayer life and my devotional life has had many, many different forms and faces over the almost 35 years that I've been a mom. and But one thing that I have consistently prayed for my four kids and now for my son-in-law and three daughters-in-law and now for all of my grandbabies and pray it over Danny and me. And there are a couple of verses that I've prayed all these years I want to share with you. First one is Isaiah 54. And it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. And then the next one is Isaiah fifty four thirteen, And it says, all of your spiritual children shall be disciples, taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. And I, we all want undisturbed composure in our children. I know, <laughs> good thing to pray over our kids. But who doesn't want to be discipled by Jesus? You know, that, that is, the, the thought of that is just so um, mind-blowing, but uh, faith-building to me. And I just want to say, none of us in this room are perfect moms. And we, we just, we're all imperfect. We're all doing the best we can. But if we can train our kids to lean in their ear to hear him. If we can train them to spend time with him, they train him when they leave our home to, to have that bent, to lean in and listen. 
then we can trust the best father there is to train and disciple them. And I just want to say, I, you know, I know that I haven't done it perfectly, but I have four kids that love Jesus that are leaning in to hear him. And I just see God making up for the places I miss because he's training them now. And that's just, yeah, this is a place of hope for us, I feel like. And I, I'd want to just tie back the, the the whole prayer journey and faith journey I've had back to a, 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 an advice I had from someone as well. And many of you know Margie Atwood. I don't know if she's here. But um, I can remember as a young mom, I think it was when I had the twins who were my third and fourth, and I was slightly overwhelmed. And I just remember going to Margie and saying, how in the world do I spend time with the Lord with this going on? I'm not sleeping. It's just hard. And the sweet little Margie way said, honey, you can spend time with God when you vacuum the floor and wash the dishes. And you know, that was a really life-altering, simple little thing for me because I grew up in a home that was very um, performance-oriented, very perfection-oriented, and I really took that over um, into my spiritual life as a young believer. And I think this really transformed me. to. I, I thought I had to have the, the right chair and the right mug and the right pen and the right journal to spend time with God. And I think it's shifted a big place in me that it's the positioning of our heart that in those hard seasons, we're, we're leaning in to hear him. We're, we're leaning in to um, pray. We're leaning in to believe and listen. And, you know, I've grown and developed in that over the years, but I think that that has... Um, yeah, it's, it freed me so much in the seasons that are hard to trust that the Lord is is um, covering my kids and to lean in to pray when I'm doing the dishes. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't want to just, I don't know the word, I don't want to um, downplay the, the need for us to spend time with God, but I want you to come away with grace that, you know, the hard seasons, God is there and God is there to walk with you and Lean in, position yourself to want to connect with him. And he's so faithful to meet us there. He's so faithful. I think of the scripture, pray without ceasing. You know, it's just always as prayer. And I remember as a young mom, too, um, finding scriptures and promises and words that I wanted to speak over just speak over my children, things God had spoken to me, um, the hand of the diligent will rule. You know, those things that you wanted to, um, you're putting into your children and making index cards and stick them in different places. So when I was exhausted and it wasn't just bless them, Lord, which more it was like, help me, God, have mercy. Those prayers, those are powerful. But um, it just having some, the word right in front of me. So it kind of just, oh, here it is. And I can, I can say that as it's powerful. Laura, um, you also talked about how prayer was a big factor in your journey as you were both being the, the, you were the only sole speaker into your child's life growing up. So speak of that. Yes, it was me and Alyssa. And um, I was on my own with her when she was two and a half years old from then on. And so um, a lot of those years, Spending time with the Lord, for me, looked like being on the treadmill because you cannot walk on a treadmill and fall asleep in your time with Jesus. So, um, yeah, and I'm just a kinesthetic person, so that got me moving. Um, but the, um, the scripture for me that I prayed often for her in those early years was Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Um, and uh, this is the old NIV because that's what I used. 
because that's all there was. Um, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And I like to take the scripture and personalize it into the situation so that I can speak it back to the Lord or speak it over my daughter. And also, you know, that first verse, it's great, but it's talking about the nots. And I, you know, you're not this, you're not that. I wanted to speak what she was. So here's my um, paraphrase. Thank you, God, that Alyssa walks in the counsel of the godly. She stands in the way of the righteous, and she sits in the seat with the grateful. Um, and so it, it just empowered me to speak what was going to be in her life as opposed to what I didn't want in her life. That's so good. Wow. Alyssa, we uh, I just called you Alyssa. Laura. Laura thank you. <laughs> we, uh, you. You would think I would remember that name. Um, Laura, you shared with me um, when I asked you, hey, share with me a foundational principle that you used in the home, particularly with your words, and it was directed towards um, um, Alyssa's dad, and I thought, wow, that's really powerful. I want, I want us all to hear, because this pertains both to married and single alike. It's just how we talk about um, our kids' parents, so share that. Yeah, so um, early on, just to give you a tidbit, our home life was not safe necessarily. And so um, when Alyssa's dad left, she a man she'd seen every day of her life, um, it was three months before she was sitting on the floor playing with me and she's like, mommy, where's daddy? <laughs> I was like, well, he can't be here right now. And she's like, okay. So um, yeah, a child didn't notice for three months that her dad was not there anymore. Um, and she was okay with that. Um, and so as she got older, the questions started to come and he was a part of her life. Um, and he fueled a lot of challenge. There was a lot of manipulation and control. Um, a lot of wrong things said against me and throwing, he was throwing the blame on me, um, thinking that we should be together as a family, but that would have been very unsafe. And so one day Alyssa comes to me after being with her dad and she's like, so it's your fault, mommy. It's your fault that we're not together with daddy. And I was just like, okay, how, you know, how do I handle this? But I had committed to not speak evil of him. We're not saying that I didn't have those thoughts (laughs) and that I didn't talk it out with my friends um, who I'm thankful listened for a long time. Um, But I wasn't going to say that in front of her. I wanted to honor the man that was her dad. And so um, most of the time that meant just holding my tongue. Um, And at at one point when one of those issues came up, uh, we were getting ready to go somewhere. And we had suitcases. and, And somebody else gave me this example. I was like, why don't you take mommy's suitcase and go put it in the van? You know, and she's like, ugh. And she, of course, she can't pick it up. And I said, that's right. That suitcase is too heavy for you right now, and you can't pick it up. But one day, you're going to get bigger and stronger, and you'll be able to carry that suitcase without any problem. 
And I said, right now, some of this stuff with daddy is too heavy for you. And you can't carry it right now. But when it's time, I'll tell you what you need to know. And I'll answer all your questions. Um, and so, yeah, I always wanted to give her age-appropriate truth that she needed to know about the relationship because there were times where it was really unsafe and we were suddenly spending the night at somebody else's house because we couldn't be at home. Um, and so it's like, okay, you need to know some things about dad now. <laughs> Let's go to Fazoli's and have dinner after we pack our suitcase and go. Um, so, um, yeah. We always want to speak with honor. The other thing, especially for you single moms, um, is I always referred to her father as dad or daddy because that's what she called him. I never said your father because whether we mean it or not, it's putting a little guilt on the kid, your father, you know, and even if I wanted to say it, I was like, well, daddy, la, 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 la. And, um, and sometimes that hurt me. I didn't want to say that. Um, and I didn't want to give him that respect. But I was committed to my daughter for her perspective. She would find out what she needed to find out in due time. And meanwhile, it was up to me to um, take what came my way, the false accusations, and... Um, and be able to cover her and give her a place, something firm to grow on. Wow, another example of sacrificial living as a mom, absorbing the pain. I think of the scripture, honor your father and mother, for it's the first commandment with a promise that it'll be well with you and you will live long on the earth. And you made a space for her to honor both so she can live well. And so um, powerful. I think we all, when Laura shared that with me, conviction in all spaces, you know, am I using my words to honor? And I, I just submit back to you, if, if that is a challenge, read James 3, go to Proverbs. I mean, my, my, my Proverbs that I read once a day is just highlighted with the words. Like, wow, my words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love them will eat its fruit. So I think we can all take that advice and just take it to ourselves and go, wow, that's so much sacrificial living. Thank you. We just have a few minutes left, and I just want to open the floor up to each one of you. Just a last, why don't you share a minute or so, last piece of open floor advice. What would you like just to share another um, just gold nugget to, with everybody? And Laura, why don't we start with you? Why don't you share that? Yeah. Well, I wanted to share about um, fun on a dime, basically, <laughs> that uh, we didn't have a lot of resources. I actually started a business when Alyssa was young, and so um, our income was super low. So, but we went out to eat every week, and that was at the old Wooded Acres HEB when they had the, the hot food counter. We went for breakfast. She got a donut for 50 cents. I got a biscuit and gravy for 50 cents. Wow. So for $1, we went out to eat as a family every week. Wow. And, Amazing. Um, and then also she started going to skating with her school, and I grew up skating. So we had the A-plus card, which was buy one, get one. We had our own skates. So every Thursday, we went to the Christian Skate Night for $2. So, yeah, wow. our fun budget was 3 bucks a week. <laughs> we had a good time. And in between, we would Wait just... 
go for picnics. Whatever we were eating for dinner, we took it with us. We went somewhere green. Wow. And we, we sat outside and ate for a change of scenery. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Way to go. The creativity God. You didn't let your circumstances stifle you. Okay, Tanya? Um, I would say, uh, for me, I would love you guys to um, get vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, The people perish for a lack of vision. And so get vision for yourself and get vision for your children. Um, and then abide in Christ to work that vision out. Um, I, one of the things I used to always <laughs> tell my kids, and, and all of y'all hear this, and you probably even say it, or you think it. When you see a kid or somebody that's not doing the things that they ought to, the thought that comes to your head is, who raised you? <laughs> you know, and so... I wanted my children to be raised well, and I had to have vision because I wanted people to, to uh, think that they were raised well. <laughs> you know, and so I asked the Lord, you know, to, to give me vision for my children. Who, God, are you calling them to be? And vision for myself. God, who do you want me to be as a wife and a mother? And I know that I cannot do those things on my own. And so I must abide in the vine because it's he who makes me fruitful to do that which he's called me to do. And so that's what I would, would leave with you guys. Get vision and then abide in the vine. Good. Good. Melissa. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Well, yesterday the five of us met up here to pray for um, the service and pray for you guys. And just waited on the Lord, and I just so strongly felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want my daughters to leave filled with hope. And so I just want to leave a little place of hope for you guys. Um, basically, I was, uh, I parented my children very differently from the way I was parented. And, you know, I had a great family. It just wasn't spiritually focused. And so I, I really went in knowing I wanted to do things differently. But goodness, that takes intentionality. It takes knowing the Word of God and learning that. It takes community, and you need that village to help you raise your tribe, you know. And um, yeah, so I, I just want to give you hope. It can be done. Some of you feel like you're behind in the race. That's okay. You know, God God can meet you there, and you can make a, a new generation of kids running after him that you may not have grown up in. And this is the last thing. It's just I just want to say character is built and trained, and we really just have to be intentional because if we're not, the world's going to build the character in our kids. And so we have to be intentional to, to make sure the world is not the one training our kids. Yeah. So, so good, yeah. Somebody, there's no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground. That's great. Dot? Um, wow, there's a lot of things that I could say. I mean, I, I was going to say at one point, you know, you have, as a mom, you really have to balance being a friend and then being an authority where they respect you and understand that you're setting boundaries and yet, you know, you're their friend when they need it. Um, but I guess if I had to give one advice, I'd give an advice that I received as a new mom way back when. Um, I heard a speaker, she said one time, we have a generation of kids growing up who don't know how to make it through hard things. 
She said, you know, as moms, our instinct is to make them feel better when they face rejection or failure. We just want to step in there and go, okay, let's, let's go for ice cream or let's watch a video, you know, or play games and kind of numb the pain. And she said, we really do them a disservice. Those things are not wrong, but they don't know how to walk through it and get to the other side with Jesus. And so, um, you know, because of that, we have all these kids growing up. They fall into depression. They fall into addiction. All these things because they don't, they've never been trained. And so I remember that really impacted me when she said that. And I thought, I'm going to train my kids to walk with Jesus through hard things. And that's why I know I've shared this story before. When my daughter was three and she became afraid of the dark, instead of just turning on the nightlight, I said, okay, we're going to work through this. Mommy gets scared. When I get scared, this is what I do. I speak the word of God and I say Jesus until the fear goes away. Took like four or five days, but she got there. And she isn't afraid of the dark anymore. When my son, you know, Anson, he got chewed out by the coach. And he got in the car, you know, after soccer practice. And he's all depressed. And I'm like, let's, you know, I feel like going out and telling the coach what for, you know. (laughs) But, hey, let's wait together on the Holy Spirit. Let's ask him what he thinks about you, how you can improve your game, what you can be praying for coach, let's wait on God. And I'd ask him, hey, what did God share with you? This is what he told me. And then the joyous, you know, the most awesome joy for me was when he put on his earbuds and started worshiping God out loud. Because he's seen Jeff and I over the years doing that when we faced hard things. So that's what I would say. Teach your kids, train them how to go with God, with worship, the word, the Holy Spirit, and get through the other side. Amen. Amen. This is amazing. I love it. The word says what God calls you to, he equips you for. And as you listened, just each of us would say, we do, we, every day was Help, Lord, I need your wisdom on how to do this. And some of my most powerful moments, my most best days were the days that I actually sat quiet before the Lord in the morning and I said, Holy Spirit, I do not, I can't see everything, but you can. Who needs me today and what do I do? And that was probably my most powerful day when I looked back and went, oh my gosh, I was right where I was supposed to be with who I was supposed to be. Not perfectly every time, but it's that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. God is partnering with you to raise your children. So um, now we talked about, I hope you got something. What I want to encourage you to do is when you go to lunch, I don't want you to lose what God spoke. So just take your time at lunch and just say, hey, what did you pick up from today? What's a takeaway? What's something that resonated with me? What's something that, yes, you got the, God's already tapping you going, I told you to do that. This is awesome. You're doing great. Or maybe there's something you're like, I want to add this. I need to, I need to adapt to something. And what you're saying, Lord. And um, we also know that today is a hard day for some people, for some moms. There's a lot of pain in motherhood too. Maybe you haven't been able to have a child or maybe you, and you've miscarried or maybe like Dorothy, you've lost your mom and that's really hard. And um, we know it's a hard time. And we were chatting about this prayer time yesterday that we were having that Melissa mentioned. And Laura actually brought us into um, her pain moment of coming to church 
the first time she was a single mom. Just take us into that really quickly, and then we're going to have a ministry time. Yeah, so Alyssa was two and a half, and Mother's Day meant the world to me. But at that age, without a father around, nothing happens for Mother's Day. And so as I came to church with Alyssa that morning, my lips were quivering before I hit the door with Alyssa, just knowing, feeling so alone and bare and exposed just a month after um, separation and going into what should be a joyful day, and, and it's just she and I. And so I get her to her class without crying, but I know it's already the blotchy face is coming. And as soon as I leave her, I'm just fighting the tears and I see the door cracked on the janitor's closet and I go hide in the janitor's closet that morning and I cried and I cried and I cried to the Lord. And I would try to pull myself together so I could get into the service and I'd cry again. And I finally managed to get out of the janitor closet and headed to the door and started crying again and went into the ladies room. And I finally got out of my ladies room stall and was going to go into the service. And a lady saw me and she's like, can I pray for you? And I cried all over her. And we prayed and I was finally ready to go into the service. And then another woman came in crying um, because she had just lost her mom. And, um, And we prayed for her. And so there are a lot of needs today. And maybe it's just that you're a child and your relationship with your mom isn't that great. You could be 50, (laughs) and your relationship with your mom isn't great. Um, And we want to make space for God to do what he wants to do here today in your heart because he's got something for you. Every one of you, he's got something for you. Hey, can we just thank God for these ladies? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody, let's stand together. Thank y'all. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Wow, so powerful, right? Spoke to our hearts. Whether you're a man or a woman here today, I know that God spoke something that you needed. We want our prayer teams to be available right now. And uh, as we often say, whatever pain, challenge you came in with, we don't want you to leave with it. At least not. Uh, leave with it without somebody praying for you, somebody caring for you, reaching out. In the name of Jesus, we started this, uh, we ended our worship time with in the name of Jesus. We prayed over one another. But as we've just shared our hearts, if there is fear and anxiety related to what's currently going on as a mom or as a dad, and I would encourage you even maybe as a husband, this is where you take leadership in your home and say, hey, honey, we need to go down and just get some prayer. Can I make sure more of our leaders are available that are usually here, our moms and dads especially? So you may have to get a little nudge or if you're here as a single mom, single parent, and you're with a friend, maybe that friend can say, hey, come on, let's, let's go ahead and open up our hearts and get prayer today because we are the family of God. And as Tanya said, it's that whole idea of, hey, we're with you. We're in this together. And these are these moments that we can respond. So I'm going to pray. God's going to lead us in a little more worship here to seal God's word in our heart. But if you need prayer for anything, don't walk out this door with what you walked in with. Moms, dads, sons, daughters, if you need prayers of comfort, care, or help, 
we're here for you. So Spirit of the living God, we come to you and we ask that even in this moment, that you would come with your precious spirit. We've heard the word of God. We've heard the testimony of incredible women who found you in the tough spots. And now, Lord, we want a testimony of your power to heal and to restore and to renew hearts and minds. You know, even as I'm praying, again, you can start responding, come down for prayer, start praying for one another. But I'm reminded the greatest gift that some of you out there listening to, even online, that you can give to your praying mom as your own salvation, giving your heart to Jesus. There's no greater Mother's Day gift that a mother would not die for, literally give her life for, than for your salvation. And I just feel like there's a couple of young men here that it's time. It's time for you to come to Jesus. It's time for you to come back to Jesus. It's a time for you to honor your mother's sacrifice. I'm being intense right now because I feel it so strongly from the Lord. Your rebellion against God has broken your mother's heart. Ultimately, it breaks God's heart. And the greatest gift that you can give is to let it go, let go of the rebellion and come back to God, number one, and come back to the family. And if you never cried out to Jesus, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. So as we're responding to the Lord, if you need Jesus right now, especially you young men right now, I just feel like there's a stirring right now. If you need Jesus, just call out, out on his name right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, Tell him you need him. You can pray this right with me. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Just lay it out there. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. And now we proclaim the gospel. I believe you died on the cross for me. You pray it right back to him. I believe you rose from the dead. And I come right now, Lord Jesus, I come out of my great need. I come on the back of the prayers of my mom and my dad. I come on the back of the prayers that have been prayed for me. And I give my heart to you, Lord. I leave my rebellion and I give my heart to you right now. I come back from running from you, Lord. I come back to you. Or for the first time, I come to you. Lord, we pray, let the prodigals come home. Let the prayers of the, these moms be answered today, God. Let the prayers of moms all over this room that have been prayed, Lord, for years and years, let them be answered today as the sons and daughters come home to you in the name of Jesus. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed with me, either go directly to your mom and have her pray over you or come to the front and let us pray with you as we worship God and let him seal his word in our hearts.